0: You're it's listening so to too
2: too such
0: a, <laughs> a Mamma Mia podcast.
1: If you're missing your weekly Out Loud routine over the break, we wanted to let you know we're still dropping episodes for M plus subscribers. To get full access to Out Loud, including the back catalogue of over 50 subscriber only episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash M plus. That's M P L U S or follow the link in the episode description.
2: Mamma Mia Out Loud! Hello and welcome to another special bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud for the festive season. My name is Holly Wainwright. I'm Jessie Stevens, And I'm Mia Friedman. And this one is all about recommendations. Every Outlouder knows that we finish every show with a recommendation. You also might know you can find them all on our M Plus subscription app, but... We are going to just do a quick round of what the very best of our recos were this year. And maybe there were some that we didn't get to reco but we wanted to throw in anyway. So we're going to do TV, movies and books. And I think we're going to start with TV. Jesse Stevens, what were the very best things we watched this year? I'm stealing the best ones just because I am. The first
1: one, Mare of Easttown, one oh, of the yes. best shows I've seen in forever. If you still haven't watched it, that's okay. You need to go and watch it now, all right? You might have a few days off. Things might be slowing down. You're going to watch it. It's got Kate Winslet in it. What did you love about it? I loved that it was about a crime, that it had murders, mm. but that it was also Kate Winslet is not 30. She just say it. She looked. She looked her age. Yes. And her face Revolutionary. And it yep. made her a great actress. And so it was refreshing. I loved how she dressed. I loved that she just she was referred to at the time as the anti-self-care hero and I think that was so accurate because she was I'm just... totally
2: eye-rolling about that. Like, I'm totally eye-rolling. Why? I'm just going to throw in... I know it's a recommendation show. We're not meant to be rowing. Why? But like, it's a really good show, but I hate that we think it's a really good show because Kate Winslet looked like 10% less polished than the women on Oh, the show. she didn't look 10%, 10%. 10%, Holly. I reckon she looked oh, 60%. She and looked... The reason I 85% say that is because, because she did not look like any normal and in inverted commas busy working. Oh she, I disagree. That I she did. Nah. I mean, I thought, you know,
0: you, your bone structure is your bone structure. Yeah, she can't. She help She couldn't her. do anything about that. She
2: still had makeup on. Anyway, this is not the. This is the problem: is that we we're this so is grateful. a great show, yeah. and we're all just talking about the way she looks.
1: But it's because her performance stole the whole thing, and her performance she was stole it, it because I believed her, and mm. it was just a great story about a family. The accents were really funny mm. and there's a great SNL skit where they're all like making fun of Mera of Easttown. It was great. So <laughs> that's on binge. You're going to need to watch that. Second one, potentially the best show I've ever watched in my whole entire life, It's a Sin. Yes. I can't believe that was this year. Hard agree. Was
0: that this so year? So
1: great. So good. What's it
0: about, Jesse? For those who haven't watched,
1: it is about. I mean, it's about the AIDS crisis in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, in the, yeah, in in the UK, the UK yeah. in London, which was sort of the epicenter. And it is about a friendship. It's about friendship mm-hmm. and a young group of people who are growing up, and you you fall in love with all of them. And it is one of the most emotional, touching beautiful shows, the music is great, the filming is great, the actors are brilliant. It's by the same person who did Years and Years, which was one of my favourite shows of 2020.
2: I think we should throw that in, even though it's not this year, it's that if you liked It's a Sin, go watch that. Oh, no,
1: I hated that. I couldn't watch
2: Years
0: and Years. That was way too difficult. That was too much like Black Mirror and too disturbing. But It's a Sin
1: I loved. And that's on Stan. You're going to need to go and binge that. And the third one, which in fact informed my Spotify-wrapped most listened-to artist of the year, Inside by Bo Burnham. Oh, yes. Loved it. Not technically a TV show. It was a comedy special that actually wasn't that ha Like it was songs? It, it was songs. I just loved it. It was so such clever. a good encapsulation of what happened to so all of us it? during the pandemic. It is – Bo Burnham is one of my favourite people in the whole world. He's a funny, funny man who's – my age, which is terrifying. And he grew up in the sort of digital age. He started off as a YouTuber and he's a musical comedian. He writes songs, he performs, and he wrote all of these songs about our relationship with the internet and not going outside and loneliness and isolation and turning 30, which was and really good. And he filmed good. it
0: all himself. He it was filmed amazing. it, so good, lighting,
1: yeah. all himself. It's one of those things you don't stop thinking about and it captured the feeling of being locked down better than just about anything and of course that came at a time when we thought it was finished mm. and we were feeling almost nostalgic and then we went into lockdown again. we, went we all inside. got locked down. I have another one to, sh- to throw in which is not at all a comfort watch. I'll in fact, you. the opposite. But probably the one of the best dramas I watched in 2021 and it didn't come out this year but it won all the Emmys this year which is why it got back on our radar and... Michaela Cole, who wrote it, did an incredible Emmy speech about creativity and why she wrote it, and I am just obsessed with everything she has to say. The show is I May Destroy You, which is on binge. I had resisted it because I knew that it was about sexual assault and it sounded really dark and I just thought I can't take that on. But there are moments of lightness in it, and in fact the story is about so much more than Mm. that. It says some really clever things about being victimised and about the justice system, but also about life as a young Friendship woman. and creativity. I loved it this was, show. It went in really unexpected directions. The episodes are really short, but I just binged all oh. of them. It was one of the most challenging, clever things I watched this year. I may destroy you on binge. I agree.
0: Mia. My show of the year was Bump on Stan. I absolutely loved this. I thought I might not. I thought... I don't know why I thought I might not, but I was in from the first episode and the exciting thing is that the second season drops on Boxing Day. It's about an unexpected teenage pregnancy. Claudia Carvin plays the mother. I'll watch anything that Claudia Carvin does. I did a great No Filter with her, which I love talking about that because she also was an executive producer on this show Mm. and she was talking about funny things about they filmed it about a year ago and it was the first show I think they even filmed it in the first lockdown or partly in the first lockdown. And she said there were things like because of COVID restrictions, they couldn't get a newborn baby. Like you could only get a three month old. And she said she would have these surreal conversations as a producer, because it was her problem as a producer, being like, Well, the whole thing's ruined then. We need a newborn. We can't do it with a three-month old that had to pretend to be a newborn. So I loved Bump on Stan. I I also loved The White Lotus. I can't remember what that was on, maybe Binge. It was about a group of rich people who go to a resort in Hawaii and it's sort of got that front of house, back of house. You know, it follows the staff and it follows the rich guests and the disparity between the two. So I haven't
1: watched that yet. And have I missed the moment? No, not at all.
0: It's a comedy. Like it's funny. Like the performances are just outstanding. The main guy is actually Australian, an actor that I wasn't that familiar with. And what's her name? Who is in Nashville? Rainer. I can't remember oh, what her name is. Yeah, 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 Rainer. Know, long hair, beautiful. Starts with a C, her name.
1: Connie, Connie Britain. Britain. Thank you. And is Stifler's mum in it or did I make that up?
0: Yes, yes, okay. Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Best performance of, of the year, Jennifer Coolidge oh. in that. She plays just, well, I can't even begin to describe how brilliant she is. There's another show that just quickly is just an easy, light kind of turn your brain off, but fun. Mindy Kaling's show, she's not in it, but she is the, you know, writer-producer. It's called The Sex Lives of College Girls. It sounds like a sort of a teen rom-com terrible thing, but it's actually not that at all. It's got that sort of cheeky name, but it's about four, four girls who are at college together, and it's just Funny and it's very sort of – it's about sex or the sex lives of college girls but very much with them in the driver's seat through the lens of the women and it's just funny and smart and modern and just like an easy glass of sparkling water.
1: It And it's by Mindy Kaling who I've loved since yeah. The Office days. She is just one of the funniest writers in the world. I love her.
0: And then Succession which oh, is my favourite show of all time. Season three – was outstanding oh. that show just gets better and better and better it's about a very wealthy media family to become iconic so it's kind of based on the Murdochs and it's about all the children the adult children who are fighting to try to take control and the patriarch who is this very larger than life character and it's just so well written it's funny and it's a drama and it's just yeah absolutely brilliant succession on binge They're I'm gonna I'm gonna picks
1: watch that over this period
2: I'm just gonna add a couple to that because they're all my favorites too. I think the White Lotus and It's a Sin are the two best things I've watched this year, hands down. I've got a TV show that you know how sometimes you forgot that a show is this year that you loved, mm. and then you're like, "Oh my god, that was this year! I can recommend it again." I think I recommended it at the time. I think you did, Mia, and I stole it from what you. Was it? It's called Starstruck, and it's on ABC iView, oh. and it's a sitcom with Rose Matafeo. Yes, and I loved
0: her. So and I, she's brilliant.
2: Written, created, and starring this amazing Kiwi comedian called Rose Matafeo, and she play. It's set in London though, so it's a British show, and she plays. A young woman who has a one night stand with a movie star. That might sound cheesy, but the show is so brilliant. It's like Notting Hill but Flipped. Oh, it yeah. is. It's like Notting Hill but Flipped. And funny. And really, really funny and really clever and says a million things about a million things. And I love how the male movie star is not allowed to eat carbs by his agent. It's hilarious. I'm going to watch that again because I feel like that oh, was a co- that's a comfort watch. It is. It's like yeah. a little drop of smart sparkle in your life. If you're looking for shows that make you feel good and you miss Starstruck, Go and watch it. Rose Matafeo is clearly a bloody genius. I'm just going to throw in my most popular recommendation for the year, which is Ted Lasso. Out Loud has thanked me for it daily because it is the best show in the world. I don't think there is anyone left who hasn't watched it. I
1: reckon there are two types of people. Yeah. There are two types of people. People who love Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. are Hope Punk I think it's a hope punk thing. And that's a word that we didn't coin. We learned it on this show a few years ago. But Holly is classic hope punk. It means that you're a glass half full. You love a bit of joy. You love a bit of laughter. You want to believe that people are genuinely good. Yes, which is why I don't (laughs) like it. It doesn't speak to me. But it speaks to producer Emma. It speaks to my mum. I also
0: can't watch, they're also the type of person that can't watch shows that are based around sports teams. Like I couldn't watch Friday Night Lights either. I tried. Everyone I know and love and respect said it was the best show ever, Friday Night Lights, which is about a coach and a football team. Connie Britton's in that too. And I couldn't get into Ted Lasso.
2: Mm. But. You don't have to be a sports fan. I know that's what everyone says. Like, right? I know. Because the whole point about why people like sports leadership things is cuz it's applicable to lots of other things. But anyway. Ted Lasso okay.
1: people are very evangelical about Ted Lasso, Oh, they yes. They are so much so, like they cannot accept that I haven't same, watched it. It's same. very aggressive I agree. and intense. Mm and they're always trying to convert the people. Mm.
2: Mm. That might be true, but that's because lots of people try to tell Ted Lasso people that they're basic and that <laughs> show is objectively brilliant. So you can choose not to like it, but it's some of the best TV writing of the year. That's mm. all. The Newsreader is the other one I'd throw which is Australian, Ooh. which is absolutely loved. And it was written by Michael Lucas and it was about a fictional Australian newsroom in the 80s. I really loved that, starring Anna Torv. So if you haven't watched that, that's a good one for the holidays too books well
0: I think we have to start with heart sick you don't do. you really Best don't no book. it's
2: it's on my list yeah. as well as me
0: yeah definitely I you know it's always awkward when your friends write a book I mean it's not awkward but it can be awkward if you don't love it but I ended up taking half the day off work to finish this book because I just loved it so much and you would think like how do you manage to have suspense Because you already know that all the three relationships that you follow are going to end in heart sickness.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But the way you wrote it, Jesse, the stories that you told, the devices that you used, the way it all unfolded, I literally couldn't put it down. And I thought about it for so long afterwards. And it's no wonder that it's been a sensation in Australia, an absolute bestseller, many reprints and is about to go gangbusters in the US and the UK. Thank
2: you. On my list, as I've classified my list because there are too many, and I've put made me feel a lot of things, heartsick by Jesse Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's, a lot. <laughs> I absolutely loved it, Jesse. It's so brilliant. And it wouldn't matter who had written it, I would think it was absolutely brilliant. But the fact it's you just makes it all the more so. Well,
1: I'm going to throw in my one that made me feel all the things this year, and that was Honeybee by Craig Sylvie, one of my best reads of the year outstanding. It's about a boy who is confused about his gender identity, but has a really hard upbringing and kind of faces all of these struggles along the way. The character is written so well and is so nuanced. Craig Silvey, I think, worked on this book for 10 years. It sounds really heavy. It's not. It's really a page turner. And a lot of people will say that Honey Bee was their best book of the year. So mm. yes.
2: I'm gonna I've got a category that is can't stop thinking about, and that for me was Suggy Bane by Douglas Stewart. I think it was one of my first recommendations of the year. It won the Book Prize. It's a very, very heavy book. It is not a light summer read. I have another one of those on my list, but this one is not that. But it is the story of a young boy growing up in Scotland in the 80s with an alcoholic mother, no money. It is so exquisitely written and so brilliantly drawn that although it's harrowing, it's also like a beautiful thing to go through. So if you're up for that, it is as brilliant as everybody says. He's about to have his second book out. This was his debut that won the booker and I believe that Shuggie is also being turned into a movie. So Shuggie Bane by Douglas
1: Stewart. I have a category of I haven't been able to read in 2021 for anyone and this is a lot of people oh that's me yes who are saying I have not read a book in 12 months yes I can't get through them my attention span is shot I need help Mm. what I'm going to give you is an author and her name is Taylor Jenkins Reid and you're going to spend your summer reading everything she's ever written. This was what got me out of a slump. I started with Malibu Rising, which I loved. I then read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, went back, read all the others. Love, love, love. Her books are all being turned into movies. They're perfect for the screen. She has characters better than anyone else. Sort of about like celebrity life, but it's also just stunningly, stunningly written. So Taylor Jenkins read, just pick up
2: everything. I have something in that category that was my just bloody enjoyed it category. And I don't think this was this year. But for me, that was that Dolly Alderton book, Ghosts. I loved oh, Ghosts. Oh, I read that this year too and I loved it. Loved I loved it. it. Like, And it was just a just bloody enjoyed it book. Like she's mm. a great writer, but also it was just yeah. really f- easy to read, but not in a, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, it was an easy read, it's a bit derogatory. It was really beautifully insightful, but a page turner. Just bloody enjoyed it. It's obviously about being ghosted in the broadest sense, but it's also the parts of it that I enjoyed the most are about female friendship and different life stages and how you negotiate that. So that's on my just bloody enjoyed it list. Have you got anything else, Mia? Well, once I knew that that wasn't a book about the supernatural, Mm. which
0: I thought that it was the first year or so that it was out, I didn't realise it was about ghosting until one of you two mentioned it. And I loved it. I loved that book too. I also have got through a couple of Taylor Jenkins reads. Another great page turner, Anything by Sally Hepworth, Mm -hmm. who is an out louder. Her book, The Younger Wife, came out this year. Also her book, The Good Sister, which is technically from last year, but great summer reads.
1: The last one I want to throw in, The Paper Palace. I've lent that to you. You need to read it. I've started and I've sort of
0: not Trust finished.
1: me, really good. It follows. It goes over a year and it goes over 24 hours. It's all about relationships and choices and love and it's brilliant.
2: Okay, I'll pick that up again. I have a very quick one that's just a January book because I know we're not going to be on air a lot in January and people are going to want to read. Is I've just read an Australian rom-com that's released in January called Burnt Out. It's by Victoria Brookman. It's Ooh. her first book. And it is a rom-com. This is going to sound really weird. It's a rom-com set against the backdrop of the bushfires, the 2019 bushfires, and it deals with environmentalism, capitalism, oh. <laughs> bushfires, but it's a rom-com. Oh, So get your head around that. I just really enjoyed it. It's in the just bloody enjoyed it category, and because it's summer coming up, and you might want one of those. It's not out till January. It's called burnt out it's got a great cover it's by victoria brookman it's like a very weird (laughs) rom-com i have a question you two are
0: both writing books at the moment
2: (laughs) yes do you have to be careful
0: of what you read while you're writing in case it bleeds into your style
1: I don't have that problem so much because often what I'm reading is very different to what I'm trying to write. I actually find that it's like turning a tap on, that when I don't read, I get very stunted and I go to write things and it doesn't flow. When I'm reading something good, I become a better writer. And inevitably you adopt great things Mm. that you notice, but I actually think it really helps.
2: But I find it very hard to read when I'm writing. Like literally just for time purposes mm. apart from other things, but also I try and read in really different genres to what I'm writing because otherwise, and this is just true, like there are no new ideas under the sun, right? They're literally or not. Mm. And so if you're reading everything in your genre, you're going to start feeling derivative even if you're not, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. So sometimes it's really helpful to go, I'm going to read something completely different mm. to what I'm writing. Movies.
0: Oh, God. I've got no movies because they take too long to watch. I remember going to the movies
1: this year and I can't well, remember what I saw. Well, we got Promising Young Women
2: on this list. Was we've that got this Promising year? Young Women. Yes, it was. It was this Was that year. a movie? Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> I loved that.
0: <laughs> that was incredible. I went into the Outlouders group and said, this is the worst movie I've ever seen because I was so upset about the ending. But then I've thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and I actually think it was brilliant. So... I would love people to watch that if they haven't already and talk about it with me.
2: Yes. I have a couple of family ones because, you know, that's my genre. I know there are always people who are looking for movies to watch with their kids that don't suck. This year I reckon Cruella was bloody brilliant for that. Cruella with Emma Stone playing Cruella Deville. That's a Disney movie. Emma Thompson, massive budget, amazing soundtrack. That's one of those movies I can watch with my kids and I'm not going, oh, my God, Mm. would this finish? And the other one that falls into that category is Raya and the Last Dragon. That's a Disney movie too. Animation, just really good girl power stories that's really cross-cultural and interesting. And the only movie I do have on this list because at the end of this year, I recommended The Power of the Dog, which is very... Hard Going But Great. Another Hard Going But Great that stars Our Lady of the Controversial Face, Kate Winslet, that I watched this year is Ammonite. Oh, Jesse, I reckon you'd like Ammonite. It's a really weird plot, but it's a movie about a woman who collects fossils and then she takes on this other woman who who's having a nervous breakdown and her husband's like, go and hang out with this lady on the beach and collect fossils. That'll make you feel better. And they end up having an intense affair, Kate Winslet and Shersha Ronan. It has some of the most extraordinary sex scenes you've seen on a mainstream screen in a very long time. It's brooding, it's dark, it's beautifully made. Ammonite. Okay, I'm going to
1: watch that. The one that I remember seeing this year that was a – Film that I saw in the movies didn't pick up my phone, which is a good sign. I really enjoyed The Dry. I thought The Dry was oh, great. Oh, yes. It oh, was a massive yeah. success, yeah. like probably one of the biggest blockbusters of 2021. Yeah, Eric Banner. Yep. Got a lot of people to the so cinema. Well done. Written by Jane Harper and then made into a film. So good. So. Yeah, that'll get you out of a movie slump if you haven't been watching movies for a while.
2: We'll start a recommendations thread in Outlouders for you to get through the summer holidays if you are indeed having holidays with books, TVs, movies that you've missed this year. Thank you for being with us all year and telling us whether or not you think our recommendations are good or awful.
0: Thank you for giving us so many recommendations.
2: I
1: get so many DMs, I go and scour the Outlouders Mm, group and don't forget that if you go to the Mamma Mia app and you're an M Plus subscriber then what you get is every recommendation we have ever given on this show and that's us but it's also the spill it's also you beauty and it's just a list that you can keep with you and check off as you go so check that out bye bye, bye. bye.
2: mama mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on the gadigal people of the eora nation